My name is Lene McClellan, and I'm a salon owner in Chelsea, Michigan, and the creator of Radioactive. I've been inspired by the people I get to talk to every day to create a platform for those in and around our community to tell their stories, share what's important to them, and help us uncover what makes us human. Visit RadioactiveChelsea.com to see how you can get involved. Tonight, I have the pleasure of sitting with my friend, Ben Feynman. I've been cutting his hair for years now, and I've learned so much about him. For instance, he aims to be Wolverine every year for Halloween by growing out his mutton chops. We like the same beer, and our boys are the same age. What I've also learned is that he's the president and the co-founder of the Michigan Broadband Cooperative, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to achieving broadband service in underserved areas of Michigan. Ben, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. I have been researching this broadband initiative and also following some of the the posts in Facebook groups like Chelsea Residents in the Know and, um, and other groups from surrounding areas like in Grass Lake. And I know that one of the major complaints living in this area in Washtenaw County is that there is very limited internet access. So can you briefly explain what it is that the Michigan Broadband Cooperative is addressing? Sure. And I think that's a great um, you know, summary is that people on the western side of Washtenaw County don't have the same access to the internet that other people do. And it's particularly um, jarring because we're so close to Ann Arbor, um, you know, one of the the foremost universities in the country. And uh, the city of Chelsea here has great connectivity as well. But you go a few miles out of town and people no longer have access to broadband. Now, what does that really mean? Because, you know, if you have access to broadband, you you kind of assume, well, everybody has access to the Internet, right? Um, And for the most part, everybody can access the Internet somehow. But some people are stuck in, you know, like 1994, if you think back to when the World Wide Web was, was new in the early 90s. Um, the way to get on it was using the dial-up modem on your phone line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I have fond memories of that. And asking my father to uh, not pick up the phone because I was trying to do whatever it was on my bulletin board service or AOL.com back then. And, oh, yeah. And, but so some people are stuck in that era, right? And so those, uh, those levels of speed don't let people do the things that um, they want to do uh, on the internet today. And so that's the definition of broadband, basically, is an internet connection that's fast enough to do the things that you need to do with it. And it turns out in the uh, the western part of Washtenaw County, there's over 8,000 households that don't have broadband access. We are one of those households. In fact, our, our house is... A ranch style house and we have a satellite dish that's the same height as the house mounted on top of it and we get terrible spotty internet yep. which 
I just kind of use it as a break from work. If I, I'm like, oh, the universe is telling me I can't work it from <laughs> home or whatever. And But one of the things as my son Oliver gets older is in schools, they're requiring iPads in order to do your schoolwork. So um, with that being said, I've talked to teachers who are like, well, if there's no internet at home, then the teacher is required to change up their curriculum or their approach when it comes to teaching that one particular student, or they have to allow the student to come before or after school or stay inside during recess to make sure that they get their work done while at school. And I don't want that for my kid in two years when he's in kindergarten. I'm sure you don't want that for yours. Well, and, and so you, you, you've hit on the critical issue for me. And, you know, the, the reason that I got into this whole thing originally was because of my kids. And so you mentioned Vincent, who's the same age as Oliver, um, and they're um, three. And so they, they have a few years before they're going to really need the Internet. But I, I have an older daughter. Um, Alessandra is going to be eight. And, you know, she's in second grade this year. And, well, when she was about Vincent's age, I realized that we needed to do something about not having broadband at home mm -hmm. because um, it's, it's, a real, it's a real issue. And there's a name for it, and it's called the homework gap. And there's tons of data that shows that kids that don't have access to the Internet or access to broadband at home uh, have worse outcomes than their peers that do have access to broadband. And um, the other thing I found out, which was surprising to me, is that in the Chelsea School District, 40% of households don't have access to broadband at home. So this mm -hmm. is, you know, this is a significant issue for, for our community. And it's one that often goes unrecognized because in, in the city of Chelsea, you know, broadband is, is great and pretty much everybody has it. But like I said, you go a few miles out of town and uh, the, the broadband disappears. So the kids that live in the rural parts of the community are at a significant disadvantage to their, their peers that have broadband connections. So as you have been pushing to get like, the broadband initiative on local ballots, um, what kind of feedback have you been getting from voters? Well, so I think that the biggest takeaway is that the, the right way to address the broadband problem is going to be different for every community. And so in Linden Township, um, the Linden Township residents had a, a lot of conversations. And, you know, I was really impressed with the way the community came together, um, both from a volunteer perspective, but also in terms of participation in town halls and having a really open and honest conversation about the problem and what we wanted to do about it. And so in Linden Township, the residents chose to put a, uh, a initiative on the ballot to build fiber optic cables to all of the homes in Linden Township and fund that using a bond back, backed by a millage. Um, as we've, and that's a great solution for Linden Township. It passed by a two to one margin and everybody's super excited about it. Um, but as we've discovered since then, that that's not the right solution for every community. And um, some communities, they 
have different priorities. Um, they they don't want to use the same um, ballot initiative tax vehicle to, to address the issue. And so there are a lot of different ways to go about it. And it's really dependent on what an individual community wants to do. I live in Lima Township. So I've been told that a lot of the pushback is because Lima Township is strong in farming. And a lot of the farmers, they don't use internet. Why should their taxes increase if they're not using internet? Yeah, and that, that points to kind of an unfortunate um, side effect of Linden Township's success is everybody else thinks that the way that Linden Township did it is the only possible way to do it. And so sometimes people don't want to talk about broadband at all because they think it's going to end up being a, a tax voted in on the ballot, where that's not necessarily the case. And the, the, the notion that farmers don't use broadband is kind of ridiculous. If, if you talk to... Yeah any farmer, they'll tell you that broadband is important for them too. Um, but the sensitivity is they don't want to be paying for it with a property tax, which I fully right. appreciate. Um, but you have to have the conversation to talk about what other ways to address it are available. I have noticed on the website when I was on there, it's which is mbcoop.org. That's mbcoop.org. There are a list of areas with committees for people who are working on things within their area, right? Such as Linden, Lima, Grass Lake. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's absolutely right. And there's, yeah, I should know that number, but there's probably eight or 10 communities. And the, the structure that we, we've identified is that a community really needs to have somebody that's willing to step up and take the lead and identify themselves as the the neighborhood lead for that community. And that goes back to that scalability question. Um, you know, I, I have friends in a number of the, the neighboring townships in, in the Chelsea community. And for a while there, I, I was trying to carry those efforts too. Um, but that goes back to, I, I recognize that my family has been very accommodating and <laughs> That at some point I needed to uh, ratchet back. But especially if we're going to be scaling to a statewide effort, there's something like 1,200 townships in the state of Michigan. And so for the, the townships that are unserved, the only way they're going to be able to move forward is if, they, uh, if there are residents in those communities that are willing to step up and, and take the lead themselves. And so that's the framework that we've identified. And so, you know, for anybody who's listening to the podcast, if, if you're interested in engaging in this topic on behalf of your community, that's the, the kind of people that, that we're looking for, because that's the only way a community is going to move forward is if the citizens take responsibility for themselves. And, and like you said, there are ways to go about it other than a tax increase we just have to be creative. Two, you're looking at this not as a service that's provided by an internet service company, but as if it's a utility that's required for the the normal way of life of everyday Americans, right? Yeah, and that's the you know that's the position we're taking, which I think is pretty widely accepted today, is that broadband today 
is as important as electricity was 100 years ago. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to buy a house that doesn't have access to broadband. They do all the time, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, most of the time because they don't know. Right. Uh, if, if you assume yeah, that you get it. Yeah, if you're moving from somewhere that has broadband, you don't check because you're like, well, everybody has broadband, <laughs> right. so come on. <laughs> but then you know, we, we've heard it over and over. People contact us and they say, hey, I, I just bought a house here and it doesn't have broadband and I, I don't know what to do. I, I need it for my job and I'm going to have to sell the house I bought last month. Mm -hmm. And, you know sometimes they, they join our initiative and, and they step up and, and sometimes they, they have just given up and, and moved away. Um, but so, yeah, the, uh, the other thing I, w I would say is that sometimes there's a perception that broadband is just for entertainment. So think about it in the early 90s when people were accessing the internet via modems, you know, they, they would just get online to, to screw around and figure out what this, this internet thing could do. Mm -hmm. um, but nowadays, it's just it's critical for um, participation in modern society. So it's not just watching Netflix or things like that. It's uh, staying in communication with your friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, we, we hear from families that have... Um, you know, either their, their kids live far away or their, their parents live far away if, if they live here. And they would like to be able to video chat with them, but they can't do it because they don't have broadband connections. Um, it's the ability to uh, participate in the modern workforce because most, or I won't say most, but many jobs today require you to have a broadband connection, even if you're not necessarily working from home. But if your boss calls you at 8 o'clock at night and says, hey, I really need you to look at this PowerPoint presentation for tomorrow morning, um, you need to be able to look at the PowerPoint presentation. And it's a problem if you don't have a broadband connection. But more broadly, if you do want to take advantage of jobs that allow you to work from home, um, pretty much any work from home job today requires you to have a broadband connection. And so you, right. you can't live somewhere that that doesn't have a broadband connection and enable you to do that. And similarly, in the education space, it's not just for kids. Um, you know, adult education is increasingly online, and there are online degree-granting programs that, um, that people can participate in if you have a broadband connection so that you can access the content. And then the, uh, the last example I'll, I'll give is just basic health and safety. And there's a story... Um, one of the, the, the people that we've talked to in the community, uh, she tells about when her young daughter had a seizure and they called the, uh, they called 911 and an ambulance came to their house and the, uh, the EMTs in the process of treating their, their daughter, um, they said, hey, we, we don't have a cellular signal for our, um, our tablet to be able to communicate back with the hospital. Can we get on your Wi-Fi? And they said, we, we have no Wi-Fi. Wow. <laughs> so there's no cell signal. There's no Wi-Fi. The, the ambulance can't communicate back with the, with the hospital and the doctors. And, and fortunately, her, her daughter was fine. So, you know, the, the story has a happy ending. 
But there are statistics from the, um, the NTIA that show that communities or, or areas that don't have access to broadband have a 25% higher rate of uh, injury, crime, and mortality. So it's those kinds of basic things that the lack of broadband affects that we don't necessarily think about. So I know, Ben, you work a full-time job as well. So as far as being the president and the co-founder of the Michigan Broadband Cooperative, what does this workload look like for you? How do you manage your time doing this? Well, I think that the main thing I would want to say here is uh, expressing appreciation for my lovely wife, Brenda, uh, for all of the uh, evenings where I say, yeah, sorry, honey, I'm not, I'm not going to be home till late. I have a broadband meeting tonight. And she kind of rolls her eyes and says, all right, we'll <laughs> see you after the kids are in bed. And <laughs> this uh, has, has become a regular occurrence. And, um, you know, th- there was a period where it was four or five nights a week where I'd be out doing broadband meetings. And I realized that was too much. And <laughs> I, I had to ratchet back in terms of um, the, the way that I was trying to engage with other communities. And so the, um, the fortunate part is there are so many other great people that are involved in this initiative. And so I have tried more recently to focus on my family in Linden Township and what we can do to set up a framework statewide that other people can leverage. And in the meantime, there, there are a lot of other great people involved in the initiative that are, are picking up these, these other community conversations. Well, and I know too, when sitting in meetings with members of the, the City of Chelsea and the Chamber of Commerce. The common buzz is how do we make Chelsea grow? How do we get people to move here? Yeah. And most jobs, I feel, in my opinion, are heading to be mobile jobs where you can work from home. So I know that I have a lot of people who come into the salon for the first time and they are asking me who the internet service provider is. And I have, I can tell them who ours is at the salon, but like I said, we don't really have one at home. In order for a city and a town and the surrounding areas to grow, then you need to offer something like broadband internet because most jobs are offering the ability to work from home and that's what people want. And as schools are requiring the use of iPads, then yes, it would put your children behind in school if they can't do their schoolwork at home. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, I'll give a tangible example. Well, I need to be a little vague because I don't want to breach any privacy. But there, there was a person that contacted us uh, at the cooperative because they were considering buying a home in one of the townships in the Chelsea area. And they asked us, hey, you know, I'm looking at buying this home. It doesn't seem to have access to broadband. Um, Do you think that it's going to have access to broadband anytime soon? And we had to be candid with them that, um, you know, this is the situation. No, there is no broadband here. And based on how things are currently going in this area, um, there is no guarantee there is going to be broadband anytime soon. And they said, thank you very much. I noticed that the Linden Township is building a fiber optic network. 
um, I've decided to put in an offer on a house there instead. Right. And so I believe it. That's you know that's a real tangible thing that's happening. And so you're you're absolutely right. If uh, you know if the community of of Chelsea is is looking to to grow, and it's not just growth, it's also uh, retention and keeping our young people from moving away. Right. Because in and that's a systemic issue within the state of Michigan, not just in the community of Chelsea, but you know, young people today have uh, they're growing up in the internet age, and I don't really know what that's like uh, mm-hmm. because. I, I was born before there was the internet, and then the internet came along later, and I thought, hey, this was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't imagine what it's like for kids today that are, are having this technology since birth. Um, but if they graduate high school and they graduate college and they're looking at their options in the Chelsea area, and the, the broadband connectivity isn't there, they're, they're going to choose to live somewhere else. So moving forward, what is the the next step for the Michigan Broadband Cooperative and Linden or Lima or Grass Lake or any of the surrounding areas? Do you have like a a mini update on what that looks like? Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the Michigan Broadband Cooperative, so we're formed uh, from... Well, we were founded by a bunch of folks from the the Chelsea area, more or less, um, or Western Washtenaw County. There were a couple people from Jackson County. When we decided to form a real corporation, we had a lot of conversations about what the scope would be, and we realized that you know this this lack of broadband and this the digital dis- divide that results from it is not an issue that's only um, facing Western Washtenaw County. It's really a statewide issue. And there's, depending on which data source you use, there's, um, at least 300,000 households within the state of Michigan that don't have access to broadband. And based on the data collection methods, we actually know it's much more than that, but at least 300,000. And so we wanted, or, and, and we all agreed, we wanted to be able to share, anything that we generated and any successes that we were able to achieve with the communities in other parts of the state so that we can uh, try to solve this problem together. And so that, that's really the, the next step for our organization is working to, um, to take what we've learned and um, help communities statewide. We're working closely with another organization called Merit Network, uh, Merit is a, a nonprofit 501c3 that provides the research and education network for Michigan and connects not only colleges and universities but also community anchor institutions like um, libraries and, and K-12 schools. And Merit has stepped into this space with uh, what they're calling their Michigan Moonshot Initiative. And so the Moonshot is to solve the, uh, the digital divide for every household in Michigan which is a super lofty goal. Um, but so our organization is working closely with, uh, with them, and there's a, uh, the, the, the starting event for this is going to be the Michigan Broadband Summit, 
which when this podcast airs, it will have been, I think, uh, last week. So I hope it went <laughs> super well. <laughs> um, but that that's what I would um, have as a takeaway for anyone listening to, to this and thinking about, you know, how can I start to address this for our community is come to our website and sign up for our, our email list. And if you're willing to take that next step, let us know that you're interested in becoming a neighborhood lead. Because uh, as I mentioned earlier, that, that's a critical part to success. And I, I do want to take another opportunity to recognize and thank the volunteers that um, have also spent so many hours of their lives um, helping with the Michigan Broadband Cooperative's mission and in Linden Township and in the surrounding townships. And it's, it's really been um, humbling to see people who, who not only recognize that they themselves have a problem, but that their neighbors also have a problem and they're stepping up to do something about it. Well, Ben, I 100% admire your dedication to this and knowing that the reasoning behind your dedication to this is so that your children are able to be more successful in school or at least have the same opportunity as those who do have access to the internet to be just as successful in school. It's really heartwarming to me. And I admire the support that your family has given you through this whole adventure that you're on. Thank you for saying so. And, you know, as I, as I tell people when they ask me, you know, why are you really doing this? I mean, why are you, why are you spending so much time on this? You must have some kind of hidden motivation. I'm like, yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> and it's those two kids over there. And, you know, I, I do feel selfish. I mean, it's, I'm doing this for them. And it's because I recognize that it's critical for my kids to be successful in the future. Um, but more broadly, it's, success, it's critical for all the kids in our community and for our community as a whole to be successful. So if there's something that, uh, that we can do to contribute to that and to help spread our success throughout the Chelsea community, um, you know, we want to do as much of that as possible. That's awesome. Ben, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you, Lene. It was fun. If you're interested in getting involved locally, please visit the website mbcoop.org. That's mbcoop.org for specific information and how to get involved. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Radioactive Chelsea. Sign up at our website, RadioactiveChelsea.com, to receive notifications for when the next podcast is released.